I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a Fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I fake a smile, November. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast, as always, can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and literally everywhere. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the New York Yankees. Losing the set uh, two games to one. Red Sox dropped games one and two. And in typical 2019 fashion, win the last game of the series to avoid the sweep. I am Terry Cushman and am joined, as always, by Jeremy Schilling. And tonight... Filling in for uh, Stephanie Allen will be Charlie Smith. How are you guys? Doing well, thank you. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> Annoyed and trying and a little bit upset and butt hurt that someone nicknamed me the bitcher after the last <laughs> podcast. I forgot who that was, but I saw that. Um, amazing. Shitty would have been appropriate for tonight. I mean, we ended the series on a good note, but it was a shitty series. You know, it could have been the series that kind of reversed our momentum and um, did not happen. And we're we're one game above five hundred at this point, so not where you want to be uh, in the first week of June. Nonetheless, well, what's crazy about it is, and the AL East is a, a steep uphill climb at this point. And it, honestly, I'll, if we're two sixty days from now within five games, I'll be ecstatic. Uh, the fact that we're only one game out of the wild card is just goes to show you how piss poor the American League is, and it just also goes to show you that you don't have to be that much better than what you already are to eventually make a playoff spot. So, um. I'm not going to be the bitcher tonight. I'm, I'm going to be angling for a new nickname. So, uh, you know, uh, th- that wild card just goes to show you that the barometer is not that off of room temperature. So let's hope that, um, you know, they can string a few together and put some of this stuff beso- behind them. I, I, by the way, if getting your shit pushed in by the Yankees isn't a motivating factor, then this team just doesn't have a pulse and it's going to be a terrible summer. So. I think there you that's, go. I went right back to being a bitcher. Did you see how long that lasted? Yeah, yeah like eight seconds. <laughs> I, I think you're giving that guy like way too much uh, glory, though. Um, but anyway, let's get into uh, heroes and zeros. Uh, Jeremy, you can go ahead and bat lead off with your hero. Yeah, I, I mean, look, 
I vilified Price. Um, the, the Every once in a while when I'm bored and there's nothing else to listen to, I go back and listen to the podcast after game two of the ALDS. And I, you know, it's 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 the anti-price podcast, and so no one has really taken Price to task more when he deserves it than Terry and I and the members of this podcast. But tonight was uh, not the time to do that. The time it's the time to understand that he m- meant everything today to this team. Um, he was the stopper. Terry and I talk about the stopper all the all the time. That's all this team is basically is. Um, you know, lose two, and then the, some. Someone comes up and and stops the run. Tonight it was Price against the Yankees, who's you know been a problem for him, especially in Yankee Stadium. It's a house of horrors. I think he had just under a ten ERA last year. Um, he's been god awful uh, in the playoffs. He had that one and two thirds start. Um, I thought a lot of people expected this to be really bad. The way the series has gone, the way he's been in that building, and. Uh, you know, in keeping with Price's just general turnaround, he was really good today. Um, gave you every chance to win and play from ahead. So uh, Price, you know, really impressed. Um, it, it needed it when you absolutely, I mean, just absolutely needed it today. And uh, because of the Price, we're only eight and a half back and, and one out of the wild card instead of ten and a half and two. So uh, Price is my hero. Eight and a half does definitely sound better. Uh, Charlie, before you weigh in on on the price uh, take here, um, can you clarify your stance on him? I'm extremely anti-price. Uh, Jeremy is probably not quite as anti, but probably lands on that side of the spectrum. Uh, where are you? Uh, I... Oh my! There's God. no wrong Here's answer. The Just the, I know, the right. It's, it's so tough. The honest answer is the right one. So I'm going to be completely honest. This goes back to several years ago when the Red Sox, in their infinite wisdom, decided that it would be a wise decision to pick up Hanley Ramirez, bring him back to Boston, and pick up the slug Pablo Sandoval. I, I like I get a headache saying his name. And when they signed those two guys, the only thing going through my mind was, damn it, why didn't they get Scherzer? You could have dedicated all that money to someone who's going to just crush it. Then you don't have to invest money in price. On top of the fact that they way overpaid for this guy, had one season where it was just basically washed. He had a, a decent year. He definitely ate up a lot of innings. I'm not a fan of the contract. I give him a lot of credit for being able to come back, shut the critics down last year. I think he got robbed of being the MVP in the World Series. Um, right now, I'm just hoping he can keep doing what he's doing. Do I think he's being overpaid? There's no question. There's absolutely no question. Um, if he can keep doing what he's going to do, like what he did tonight in New York, where he, he pitched six-plus innings, got six Ks, only allowed a couple of runs, I'm going to keep quiet. Yeah, and I mean, so you're pretty content with what you've seen, you know, throughout the course of the year. Yeah, six innings, six strikeouts. I'll take that every day from the start right now. <laughs> Considering four innings is like a gift, six is, is a dream. Right. And uh, just to weigh in before we do move on, I'm the, I, I hate Price. I really do, and it, it kills me. This is like when Jeremy has to admit uh, that I am right about something. Um, <laughs> I hate David Price, but before this game, I was like, why the fuck is he starting this game when his ERA is over 10 since 2016 and you got a guy named Eduardo Rodriguez who owns them 
in their own stadium and pitches well overall against them. I think his his um, career ERA against them is like two seventy or something. So, you know, in a, on a night where if you lose, you're below five hundred again. I don't see why you you send David Price out there. And that was I was so pissed about that all weekend and. Price went out there, cruised through, you know, the first uh, six outs, and uh, didn't really start to struggle till the second time through the order. And um, you know, he faced some adversity, and I thought, oh, here we go. You know, the the rug's going to be pulled out from under him. He's going to put up a five spot, you know, and it got limited to just two. So I'll give him his due tonight as well. I, I think he's more than worthy of, of being a hero. So just to, ahead, to uh, sorry. So just to um, back up your point, um, Shell, I think it was you that mentioned it. So earlier, last three years, according to ESPN, David Price against New York before tonight, at eleven starts, two and seven record, seven point seven one ERA. 50 earned runs in 58 in the third innings pitched, 16 homers allowed. Ouch. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he. Su- I mean, look, he sucked. Um, I'm. I'm going. By the way, credit to me because I've wanted to drop the. He holds all the cards now, like three <laughs> different times, and I haven't done it. So that's you know credit to me for holding back there. But he, <laughs> look. One guy is getting paid two seventeen, and one guy is still in his arbitration years. And I don't—I mean, at some point, you—if you're the team, you—you know—you're whether it's Dombrowski making the decision. I hope it's Cora. I assume it's Cora, but whoever it is, you can't baby your quarter of a billion dollar pitcher. You just can't, and so. Yeah, if we if the, if all things were created equal, if we had two guys, you know, both making somewhere between twelve and eighteen million, you know, like an Avaldi type guy, a Porcello type guy, and you want to play the numbers, fine, you know, no problem. Porcello's could pitch, Avaldi could pitch. They're both, you know, nim- numbers are similar. Avaldi's, you know, a two two and a half in, in uh, Yankee Stadium, and Porcello's an eight and a half. All right, fine, go Avaldi. What's the fucking difference? But that's not all things are created equal. One guy's getting paid $31 million a year. The other guy's, you know, getting an arbitration salary. I can't immediately recall to save, to help my point. But it's just not – and, Terry, I saw your, I saw your tweet. I, I, we've talked privately. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of I, – I felt like you would feel that way, and, and I understand to some extent why you feel that way. But to me, everything's not going great anymore. So the casual, uh, you know – PS4 injury, you know, to skip a start and all that. We can't be doing that this year. This, every start is so fucking important. And if if Price, if you baby Price and Fenway part in this start, what's going to prevent that from in August when we've cut it to five and we need our best guys going? So I like that Coro's like, this is our best guy. We're going to put him in there. Um, he's been really good recently. He's been good in his last two starts since he had to leave early with the flu. And like I said, you know, it's so easy to vilify him because of so much stuff in the past. Again, I don't want to get into a bunch of different stuff. Eck, you know, his dog yeah. Astro, all the other stuff. But, you know, for tonight, he the, the team put him in a position and said, you have to be the guy. We're paying you to be the guy. You're, you're our guy. And he was. And, you know, credit to him. You know, 
credit to him. And I, but I do understand the criticisms. I just think that not all things are created equal, and it had to be him. Yeah, I mean, we're a little far apart on that, and that's fine. Um, I just, I mean, if he goes out there and gets shelled like he has, you know, in the last few years, all three of us would probably be vilifying Cora right now, but it worked. So, you know, it's not... I'd like to think my take wouldn't change, but I'm not so bullheaded to think that it, you know, that have the foresight. The other thing I will say about Erod Terry, and we're going to agree to disagree, and I'm not trying to convince you. I've long since stopped trying to do that. So, <laughs> but I mean, look, Erod's been good against the Yankees. Avaldi's been good against the Yankees. There's certain things that you just can't pencil in every single time, <laughs> and Erod being better than the Yankees is one of those things. Like it. He could have easily, and that wouldn't have surprised me one bit for him to come out and just tank in this start. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just is what it is. It's not like it's, you know, I mean, obviously this is an example that favors, you know, my point, but like a Pedro or a Randy Johnson or a Scherzer or a Verlander or a top-of-the-line guy. This is a middling to above-average pitcher who, yeah, he's got good numbers against the Yankees, but that doesn't, I mean, no one's shocked if he comes out and lays a fucking egg tonight. No one. So, I mean, we're going to agree to disagree. I just don't, especially with Erod, who can just not have command in a start, you well, know, and not command, like, in and out of the strike zone, like, bad command in the strike zone so he gets hammered. So, you know, to me, you know, and I, I, I guess I at this point I would be beating a dead horse, so I think, you know, my point is over. Well, he has shown up, Eduardo Rodriguez, in big games, and... You know, case in point, Game Four of the World Series, and there's there's been other starts this year where, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, you know. But he's he's been he's been good in moments that I did not expect him to be this year, and and then that's fair, that's hundred percent fair. Yeah, and uh, but then he goes out against Toronto, and you know, I don't know. I just I'm not. I don't let the money dictate my decision you know i just i want i i just want the guy who's performing who the recent data you know favors and you know that that's where but like we said we're we're on you know we're in two different well, and i and i i mean you know at this point i think i know you well enough to terry to say that you're going to take money out of it 11 times out of 10 but you know We've already talked about the Pedroia situation, um, you know, and I could go on and on with examples, but the, the money does matter to the Red Sox. And, you know, Price is one of those guys who's, like Charlie pointed out, is getting paid an astronomical amount of money, an amount of money that probably no one's worth at the end of the day, but he's getting paid it. And, you know, and by the way, if you take both guys and say, one of you, we need someone at their best, who's, who's got the higher upside? Take the money out of it. It's still Price. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, I just I just didn't like it in this scenario. But and here's another thing too. I mean, I don't. I think Price during the regular season, for the most part, does live up to his contract. He he. To me, he is still an ace. Whether you want to put Chris Sale above him or not, I mean, this is this is Pedro Schilling type level stuff right now, and. You know, he struggled in the postseason, though, kind of turned it around last year. I'm being forced to say nice shit about David Price, and I don't like it. But, 
Um, but I think he, he's good. He's got a, he's, Terry, he's got a sub-3 ERA. And I know the flu thing was a little blip, and I know that he's done the Eck thing, and he's asked out of the Yankee start, and he threw an absolute dud in the ALDS. But you have to admit that he has substantially flipped the script on the haters. He of has. which I am going to say that I no longer am. Yeah, well, I'm going to be just because I still – he's not a guy I'm going to go have a beer with, you know, because I'm not going to sit there and listen to how great he thinks he is and, you know, only – I also don't think David Price would go have a beer with you. He that might definitely be a mutual would not. There. He definitely would not, but he's just <laughs> not a guy I would hang out with regardless of whatever. But I just – I the point I was making is – I think he is living up to his contract as far as the regular season goes. And that being said, I'm leaning on the data. And the data does did not support David Price starting this, regardless of his contract. I just, I, you know, and we're just going to, like you said, agree to disagree. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, he was phenomenal tonight. You know, he faced adversity, which he has not done previously in that stadium. And, uh, you know, he was worthy of your pick. So, you know, so that's that's all it is. Charlie, go ahead. That was a, that was fun, by the way. But who, who's your <laughs> so uh, hero? My, my hero, my hero is uh, Xander. You know, bring back the X Factor. Guy had uh, six hits after tonight, had back-to-back games with homers and doubles, was just triple shy yesterday. Um, Six for 12, two homers, two doubles, two singles, two RBIs, four runs, just a couple of strikeouts. I mean, if he doesn't do what he's doing, we're not even coming close. Like, it was the difference of game two was that Gary Sanchez home run. Uh, who knows what would have happened? Uh, you know, if that didn't happen, if if Xander's not doing what he's doing, we're we're just not we're not getting it done. Um, he's been unreal as of late in relation to certain other players that are expected to make an ungodly amount of money in the off season. No need to name them; we all know who they are. Um, but he's he's my man. The last this entire series, he's just been with the program. So X factor all the way. He's been a popular pick for this segment as a hero. I mean, he's been pretty steady all the way through. I mean, Mookie's has had his blips. JD's going through his. Uh, Chavis, you know, is kind of, you know, taking his rookie lumps. But Bogarts just seems to be smoothly in into his own groove. And I like him. And, and the guy's a class act. And I just I feel like I repeat that over and over again. But... He's probably my favorite player on the Red Sox right now. If, if yeah, we I, talked. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. You go. You go. Uh, just my brief comment is he's the guy's likable. You know, um, you know, I'm just talking generally about the fan base. Nice smile. Good personality. Obviously very intelligent. Speaks multiple languages. Good looking guy. No problems off the field. Uh, does ex- does exactly what you want the player to do based on the contract. Like he is, you know, he's not the best shortstop in the in the world. But when I'm ta- when you factor in all the things that I'm talking about, he, you know, he meets expectations. 
he he says the right thing. He's silent when he's supposed to. He doesn't go on Twitter and say dumb things. Uh, he really is the poster child for the modern, uh, you know, North American baseball player. You know, not um, North American meaning you know Major League Baseball player. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. He just he's great, and uh, also he's so important to this team because with no second baseman and no organizational depth uh, in the middle except for Chatham and Double A. He, if something happens with Bogart, whether it be health or production, to say we're fucked <laughs> is a significant understatement. We're like Jenna Jameson fucked if Xander Bogarts isn't what he is. And he's been awesome. And I, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't really have a favorite player, but he's someone I really do like just enjoy top to bottom, on the field, off the field, uh, someone you can rely on to be there. And, you know, he's absolutely great. I think, you know, the one of the ways to put it is he's the anti-David Price and how he can, handles himself, especially if we're talking about Twitter. Well, yeah, I mean, he has no he has no social media footprint, and I'm sure that if we, and he's not really accessible. I don't think he, he avoids um, interviews, but he's not, like, sitting there waiting for him. And with no real footprint on social media he's you know he just stays above the fray yeah i and i was just being a smart ass with that comment but you know great points everything you could ask for you know you know for a veteran player who you know like you said just kind of signed a big contract and he's living up to it and you you don't always see that necessarily um, you know, with recent free agents. So, um, mine, I'm going a little, I, I always go to the bullpen for this. I, I don't know why I, I, I'm just a bullpen guy for some reason, but my hero this episode is going to be Heath Hembry. And the guy mm. has quietly pitched very well and has seen some high leverage positions. I've got some stats up right here as my tablet screws up. Um, he has only given up one home run since April 23rd against the Tigers. And the only recent one was against Toronto. And he pitched. That was a two-inning appearance, by the way. And uh, also no no earned runs uh, since since that other than the Toronto. So one earned run given up since April 23rd. His ERA is down to uh, 281. He's a strikeout guy. He just tonight he was put in a semi-high leverage spot where I think he came in for Barnes. And uh, there was runners on first and second, only one out. He got both outs. And, you know, like I said, this is a guy that, you know, I'm quietly getting more and more comfortable with, and especially with his versatility. And there was a game last week. It was the Indians game that just got away from us. And Cora went to Travis Lakins once the game got tied. And I think he put the, you know, the kid in a bad spot there, especially with the, you know, momentum kind of slipping. I thought at the time that was a perfect spot for Hembry to come in and kind of help 
level things out for a bit. But, you know, he went to the kid, and I just, I like what I'm seeing. And I don't know if it's, if it's permanent, but I thought this run that he's on, may as well, may as well make him a hero in this segment because, you know, who knows how long it'll last. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, in a, in, a, in, a, in a spot in this roster that's was the biggest problem last year, overcame it in the playoffs fine, um, walked into this season saying it's the biggest problem, and it's been a real big problem. They had a small segment there where they were good in the early half of the season, but the, the minute the starting pitching um, got better, the bullpen got to where we thought it would be, which is generally pathetic. He's been good, and like you said, he's a strike. You know, he's a strike and miss guy. Uh, not afraid to work up, work down. He seemingly doesn't give a fuck about the moment. Although, you know, he's not perfect. Uh, so, you know, like, and, and I thought that you know he he did a job here tonight, and um, you know where Barnes uh, was. And I I don't want to step on anybody's toes, so I'm going to just be brief here with Barnes, just in case someone picked him as a zero, because now I can't remember. His little hissy fit and the bitch fest and his performance today in the rain. Um, you know, so with notwithstanding that, the bullpen was really good, and you know, including this guy. So um, no complaints tonight. And I, I have to say that I puckered up once, you know, Barnes basically walked the bases loaded and had and was bouncing the ball and all this. Uh, so the you know w- between Hembry and Workman, they settled the thing down and, and actually made it pretty anticlimactic and, and uneventful to win the game. Yeah, uh, Charlie, thoughts before we move on? I'm uh, really happy to see what he's been able to do over the last you know month because they were talking about um, what Hembry's been able to do, um, even just in the month of May, and it's his best season so far as a reliever. I mean, last couple of years are kind of not that great, but you go back to 2016, he did really well. Um, the month of May, he's had one blip. That's it. And uh, I think, you know, could you see him as the, the future closer? I, Brazier's not the answer. Matt Barnes, I just, oh, geez, that's another head-scratcher. Um, but he's he's really making up for that uh, abysmal month of April. So um, that's that's a fair call out, um, Terry. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go over to our zeros for the series. Uh, Jeremy, who do you have? So my zero is Porcello, um, <clears throat> and he's. Been good, and I expected him to be better in the start. So Sale, just for context of why I'm picking him specifically, Sale pitched well enough. Not great. Six innings, seven hits, four earned. You know, and they lose four to one. And, and this is a series that we've highlighted. Like, anyone with a brain is going to be like, this is a real important series. But you're in the game, you sh- you have to win. Hap sucks. Sales, you're, you know, trending correctly. Got to win game one. They don't. So now it becomes game two is ultra important, and Porcellos just sucked in this game. Four and two-thirds, nine hits, five runs, all earned, a base on balls, five strikeouts, gave up the home run as the ERA is now 4.76. It just... And by the way, the bullpen was great. Uh, Walden 
Workman and Barnes finished the game. A three and two, uh, three and three and a third innings. Five. Let's see, zero earned runs, two hits. So the, I mean, they really kept you in it, but it just goes to show you that the minute Porcello handed the ball to Cora, this game was over. They got to stop doing this to themselves. They have to stop doing this to themselves. The starting pitching. I'm not expecting to win every game. Okay, it's baseball. The bet, you know, the bet. You're considered an elite team if you win 88 games or better. You know, and but you can't have guys giving up five earned runs. You know, before the fifth inning's completed. It just it, it submarines teams, especially teams that are underachieving. That that you know, you know, with a weak bullpen like we've already discussed. So it's just pathetic outing. You know. Moment too big, um, just disappointed and a little bit surprised by Porcello's uh, lack of uh, you know performance here. Charlie, as far as yeah, as far as Porcello, I actually don't expect anything from him. Um, he's uh, he's got the classic Josh Beckett syndrome. You go back to his first year in Boston before he even threw a pitch, and he gets this ridiculous contract extension without even throwing a pitch. And his first year, he's awful. I mean, after going, what he had won fifteen his first his last year in Detroit. He didn't. I don't. I don't think he won ten his first year in Boston. The following year, he went to Cy Young. The year after that, he loses almost twenty. The year after that, he wins almost twenty. This year, I expect he's going to have another one of those off years. So it, it sucks for him because it's a contract year, and you know I don't think Boston's going to spend a lot of money uh, trying to bring him back. So he's as good as gone. Um, Porcello's never been someone I've been like all about. Like, granted, he's had moments of brilliance as well, but the inconsistency is just your area is almost 5.0. And the fact that you couldn't win against a pitcher that, I mean, granted, uh, Irman, um, the guy who pitched for the Yankees in game two, didn't have a great start. He threw like almost 100 pitches and didn't even get into get, get out of the fourth inning. And uh, you just, you got to do better than that. Um, you, you just got to do better, and he's just not getting it done. Um, you know, I, I've been saying, people have said, oh, you know, like, you're complaining about this, you're complaining about Chris Sale. I'm like, you know what? Chris Sale gets absolutely no run support. None at all. Period. And in relation to uh, Sale, Porcello gets a fair bit of uh, offensive support, and he ruins every opportunity. So, in my book, every single time Porcello pitches, I think that's a loss. Wow. Yeah. Terry, would you like to weigh in here before I uh, retort? Uh, well, if you want to respond to that, go ahead, because I'm going to go a different direction with it. Okay. Well, Charlie, um, I, I I mean, I just strongly disagree. Fair. He's not, he's not um, again, he's not Scherzer, Pedro, uh, Sale at his best, you know, the, the elite guys. He has won a Cy Young, and I, I honestly think that he's earned his contract. He's, he, he has some, has some, had some down years. Had the obviously he flashed with the Cy Young was really important to this team winning the World Series last year. To me, he's earned the contract. I have no issue with the money. The other thing I like about Porcello is, generally speaking, even when he's not great, he battles, he grinds, he stays in the game. He doesn't do the price thing, which is ask out when he doesn't have his stuff. Hit like uh, two starts ago, he gave up the four in the first, and then went seven and two thirds total. 
with only one additional hit uh, innings uh, two through seven. To me, he's a grinder. He knows what he is, uh, which is an innings eater, 200 innings a, a year guy. I think he's the only one to do that Like all every year for the last 10 years, the only guy in Major League Baseball to have done it. Uh, is he an elite guy? No. Is he a grinder? Is he a guy I would want on my team that's going to give you a chance every day? Yes. Did he give us a chance yesterday in game two of this series? No, he didn't. And your point with Herman was dead on accurate. <laughs> Herman was fucking terrible. You were just worse, Rick. You were worse. But on your larger point and how you hate Porcello, or, or that might be a word that, that's mine and not yours, but your I trust Porcello to be a guy to give you a chance. Is he going to go out there and you know go seven, three hits, zero earned, and just pass it off the bullpen? No, generally not, except for the Cy Young year. But I do think he gives you a chance to win 28 of the 35 starts that he's going to run out there in a given year because he is that durable. So, you know, just disagree on the overall picture with Porcello. Fair. Okay, that's cool. Hey, I'm all for it. Um, I just... It hurts to see someone go, you know, through 110 pitches or 100 pitches, whatever, five innings, give up eight runs, and your team scores six. You sit there like, damn it, you know. I mean, he, he, uh, God, I, you know, with Erod and him, for example, like Erod's getting. How much is Erod making this year? I don't even know. It's like two and a half million. I and I that might two only, and a half million. Yeah, that might only be his Erod, first year. <clears throat> Erod's got five already this year. He's got five wins. Now, in, in relation to Porcello, I think Erod's ERA is worse. He's got more wins. I think he's got more strikeouts. And I think on your your part, as far as innings pitched, Porcello, I would be shocked if Porcello had less innings pitched than Erod. But I would rather have, this is crazy, but I would rather have Erod than Rick Porcello on the mound. Well, let me uh, let me get in here now. Um, I can't criticize the fact that he's a zero because he gave up nine hits. Okay, not not good, not good, and that might even be his season high as well. Um, it was especially disappointing to me because there was a start last year, fairly late in the season, where he gave up a home run to the leadoff hitter, Didi Gregorius, and then no hit the rest of the lineup all the way through a complete game, uh, you know, one run, you know, outing. And, you know, so when that's in the back of my mind and then he shows up on Saturday and, and you know, pitches the way he did, that is disappointing. But the thing that gets lost here is, this Yankees team is an elite hitting team, okay? Most of the contact that Porcello gave up was, was soft contact. It was just them getting the bat on the ball. A lot of them were just kind of bloop singles. LeMahieu uh, got to him, and then, and then Sanchez eventually hit a two-run uh, shot in the fifth inning. But most of those nine hits were soft contact, and the Yankees are really good at that. They did it the night before with Chris Sale. And a lot of the damage, aside from the, the you know the two run blast by Sanchez, was limited to just one inning when he gave up those when he gave up those uh, you know three runs. Lemayhew, uh, let's see, drove in one. 
No, I got my... No, he drove in too. Excuse me. I got my games mixed up. But And then he kind of settled down for a couple of innings. And he's a pretty good adjustment maker. But, like I said, elite hitting lineup. Tonight with David Price, he mowed them down the first time through the order. Second time through the order, he, you know, he struggled. And he had his hands full. And that's because that team is just as good as they are. And here's mm-hmm. another here's another stat for you. Porcello's mm-hmm. walk rate is down. He only walked one guy throughout that outing. So it's not necessarily a command thing. It's just he's just getting beat, and, and that's it. He's just facing a really good lineup. So I expect he'll probably be fine, you know, over the course of his next several outings. I know our schedule gets a little bit easier. But, you know, right. he, he is who he is. He's he's a number three pitcher at best, and he's he's going to get knocked around every fourth or fifth time through. I mean, we saw it with Lackey, you know, for, for several years. And, um, you know, that that is who he is. And, you know. So, to, to Jeremy's credit, you know, we're talking about innings, you know, innings eating and whatnot. Porcello had a streak. Each game he pitched in the month of May, quality start. He went two and one in those five games, and the last two games in April were also quality starts. So he's four and one in the in that two month span. Uh, the area concern: he's had one, two, three, four games of four and runs or more. Don't really like it. Not really in love with it. But in relation to Erod, Erod's had five such games and he's only had i believe six quality starts this year and porcello had a streak of already seven so you know i I credit jeremy here um probably probably right to in order to say that porcello will give you um a better opportunity to win just for the fact that he's going to be able to go deeper into a game i think i'm just uh i was really hoping going into the season that erod was going to just have this like breakout year he was one of my sleepers this year both in baseball and fantasy. I, I thought he was going to really light up. <clears throat> I, I hate getting credit, by the way. <laughs> All right, you know what? I give it to Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. No credit to Terry ever at any point. <laughs> yeah. All right, Terry, who's your zero? Or is Actually, it Charlie's it's turn? Charlie's up. Oh, ahead, mine, Charlie. is, uh, mine is Mr... Uh, Mookie Betts, um, leading off, going one for 12, a couple of walks, a couple strikeouts, and just not getting it done. Uh, I just, you know, I thought shaking it up with Betts and Benintendi going one and two might have made a difference because last year we, we all saw what he was able to do, but it's just, it's just not happening. And I don't, I don't know what, what it is in his head because We've seen his batting average drop a little bit. He's not getting, you know, he's getting on base. He's not trying to steal too many bases this year, which is fine. But, um, you know, it's only been a couple games in the month of June. He had a, a, a decent month of, of May. Not great. Great month of April in relation. But, I mean, this entire series just, it was like non-existent Mookie. And that's just not what you can afford to have from someone who is considered to be one of the best, if not the best players. I mean, I know some people argue JD, some people could argue Xander, but a lot of people would say 
Mookie Betts. And that's my uh, that's my zero for this series. Yeah. So here's the thing about Mookie for me. He he bet he's betting on himself. And I honest to God thought that he was gonna have another MVP season as a result. Uh, they have the Terry Terry and I have talked about this on this podcast a lot. A lot of different people have talked about it. He is he is literally doing nothing with the Red Sox, and they're they they they're literally begging him, like we want to sign you, like what's it going to take? And he's just not picking up the phone. Yep. So I thought he'd come out go three forty, you know, get on base, you know, almost at a four hundred clip, and then have an OPS, you know, like nine fifty to nine eighty. He's hitting 280. He he is getting on base, uh, which at a pretty impressive rate, 390. But his OPS is 853, which is good, not not elite. And he's costing himself money at this point, in my opinion. And it's surprising because he oh he's typically given it, it rose to the level that's needed for whatever it is. And here it happened to be an individual thing. He wants to set some sort of record or whatever with the contract. And he's costing himself money, and it's it's been interesting. He he's he's a good major league player this year. Uh, he is not an MVP candidate. I don't think he's a top ten MVP candidate. Um, and I I'm okay with saying that he's a zero given what we expect from him versus what he's producing at this point, and and you know, and including this series. Let me. Uh... You know, one of the things that kind of as we're getting through this kind of pops up in my mind is I, I talk about Erod being kind of a big game pitcher, you know, over a small sample size, albeit. Maybe Mookie Betts just is not a big game guy because, I mean, he has he didn't really show up in the postseason. He has a he's a two twenty seven hitter. In the month of October, that went down about 40 points this year, and it, and it was a deeper postseason. And, you know, his numbers against the Yankees right here, he had three hits in 19 plate appearances against them in the ALDS. Just basically a complete no-show. And, you know, as, as Charlie was pointing out, one for 12, you know, this series, not good. Not good. And he... he Seems to expect someone, you know, to acquire his services. Better cough up four hundred million dollars. I think of the scene in Step Brothers, by the way, as I rattle that off. But um, <laughs> when you know they're in the car and he goes, "You better hand us ten thousand dollars or whatever." But anyway, he's just he doesn't show up in these big games, and you kind of need him to. And you know, we're a five hundred team. The Red Sox are 12th right now in Major League Baseball in the home run category. And, you know, we weren't very high in 2017 and we won the division anyway. I don't think the, you know, the competition obviously wasn't quite as intense. You know, Tampa just lost three mm-hmm. in a row, but they've been a good team. And the Yankees are good. They're bulletproof. I mean, nothing stops them. doesn't matter who goes on the DL. They're still, you know, headed in one direction. And, you know, we need Mookie to step up, you know, and other, I'm going to get to my player here in a second, similar theme, but, um, you know, so he, he needs to, he needs to show up in, in the big moments and he does not have a, a past precedence of doing that. 
I, I want to say one thing about the Red Sox because I, I think some of their hitting, you know, some of the players that have shown up, it's been pretty exciting to watch. There are five teams, the, the top five teams with the most runs scored right now. Minnesota Twins, who are just like playing out of their minds. The Dodgers, who also have, you know, Cody Bellinger, who is arguably MVP or one of the two with, you know, Christian Yelich in Milwaukee. Texas Rangers, also doing impeccably well. Colorado Rockies, they got Nolan Arenado. Arizona Diamondbacks, who are surprisingly fifth without Paul Goldschmidt over there. And then we're sixth. We're sixth of the most runs scored. We have scored more runs than the Yankees. But our pitching has destroyed that. It's just been abysmal. We've had several blowouts. But our pitching, it just it keeps coming back to that. I think what what they've done is they've eliminated Mookie Betts. They'd rather pitch around Mookie to get to someone else. Uh, he's walked 40 times this year. Last year already, um, last year altogether, he, he walked 80 times, 81 times all of last year. 57 games, he's already got 40 walks under his belt. So he's going to, he could crack 100. We'll see. Um, strikeout numbers are down. They're just, I think they figured him out. They just figured him out. Two months into, into the season, he's got nine homers, 27 RBIs, a couple stolen bases. I, I mean, he's, he's not doing it. Like, I'll be shocked if he gets 80 RBIs this year on his current, on his current pace. Those are good points, Charlie. Actually, I want to kind of circle back to that because there's another dynamic to that that we can actually get into. Uh, let's just get through mine, and then we'll get into the general segment. Uh, my my uh, zero for the series is actually going to be J.D. Martinez. Um, kind of abysmal lately. Maybe it could be a health thing. He's been out with back problems, hasn't gone on what I like to call the UMF list, a.k.a. the IL. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but, you know, so he, he seems to be kind of battling through them, but he's been a strikeout machine as of late. Coming into uh, today's game, he was 0 for 12 with runners in scoreless, uh, uh, excuse me, runners in scoring position. So he hasn't been his typical clutch self as he's been. He did hit a home run tonight, but still, you know, he's been kind of painful to watch. I notice he is especially susceptible to striking out with the uh, with balls that are kind of down and away or low in the zone and on Saturday, it looked like he was just trying to stick his bat out there to kind of follow it off on a two-strike count and, you know, just to keep the bat alive, and he ends up whiffing. And for a guy who's been intense about, you know, his performance at the plate, you know, to the point where he immediately goes back to his little notepad and, and takes notes as far as, you know, what he saw or whatnot... We're not seeing the same player with the same intensity. And I just kind of underlined, you know, the Mookie part of it. And there's a JD dynamic as well. I mean, we had two bona fide MVP candidates, you know, on the Red Sox all last year. And I think JD got snubbed. I think he should have got more votes. But. Because he was a DH, you know, he I don't even think he was in the top three or four. So 
right you know we're we're just we're just not as good as a team with both JD and Mookie underperforming the way that they are so hopefully mm-hmm. they up their game because we're not we're not going to win the division you know at the very least unless they do Jeremy you want to weigh in on JD Well, I'll say this when it comes to, to J.D. I think, um, you know, the, the home run was really nice. Granted, he's hitting in against someone who, you know, C.C. Sabathia. I mean, I mean, he could probably tell me what, you know, what it was like to play baseball 100 years ago. He's so old. Um, it's a bad C.C. joke. I used to love C.C. <laughs> in Cleveland. But he's just, he's a shadow of his former self. And he's surprising enough, you know, he's been pitching for, you know, 20 years, I think. And he's still, you know, he's still there. He's still trying to, to get them one more chance at it. Um, but J.D., gosh, you go back to it, you know, April was able to get on base a lot more, got less total hits this past month, but a lot more home runs, which is nice to see. A couple of multi-homer games. He homered in, what, three straight in, in May, I'm pretty sure. And then um, missed a couple games, didn't play for a little bit, kind of came back, has only a couple of hits, but his batting average has taken almost a 20-point dive since he took that four-day, basically the Toronto series, off. So I think it's been a little bit of an adjustment trying to get the mechanics back. Um, At the end of the day, J.D. Martinez is still J.D. Martinez. I mean, if, if you have to pitch to J.D., or you have to pitch to Mitch Moreland. You're pitching to Mitch Moreland. You're going to walk J.D. Martinez. So he's in a little bit of a funk. I think he'll get out of it. But, you know, like Mookie Betts, these are two of the best players in baseball. It's it's not, you know, just a guess. It's a fact. Um, they are very, very good at what they do. And I, I'm just really hoping that the month of June is going to turn around. It's only been a couple days, and they're going to figure it out. Yeah, just in the last week, the strikeout totals for uh, JD have have risen pretty sharply, and he's had. Uh, let's see. Yeah, my app kind of minimized it. Yeah, he's you know in the first two games of the series, he had you know a double strikeout in there, and you know just hasn't looked good. So I just. Hopefully, I just hope it's not a health thing. I guess is my primary concern because that's that could be a whole other stick of dynamite. You know, if if he were to go down for a significant amount of time. But uh, Jeremy, do we still have you? Yeah, I'm here, but um, unfortunately, my son is sick and my, I'm home alone tonight, so I gotta run. So okay. you guys take it from here, and I'll be on the next one. Okay. All right, we'll wing it. Um, uh, all right, thanks, Jeremy. Have a good night, bud. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. So, uh, Charlie, um, we were just talking about Mookie. Now, Cora has put him back in the leadoff position, and that kind of, at least to start the game, kind of forces them to pitch to him. And maybe with the pressure off of Ben Benintendi, just maybe the the top of the order kind of gets it together now with the old alignment. 
you know, we, we look back at what he was able to do last year, and it's like a, a completely different person. Um, I believe, you know, per what you just mentioned, um, or is stated that Mookie Betts is going to be in the leadoff spot indefinitely, and that's not going to change. So um, I think he might change his tune if, if that doesn't, you know, fix itself and figure itself out. Um because he's kind of been all around. He's been he's batted second. He's batted third. He's batted fourth. He's batted leadoff, and I feel like he's always been before you know this year. He's always been the most comfortable batting first. So it's it's just it's bound to turn around. It's just got to. You know, this isn't someone who's thirty five, thirty six years old. Mookie Betts, I'm pretty sure, is younger than both of us. Uh yeah. I mean, so, he's. He's twenty six, twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so he's 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 got to fi- he, he's gonna figure it out. It's just a matter of time. He will turn this around. Yeah, and you know, I I'm not a big fan of you know of having one of your better hitters in the leadoff spot. But given the multitude of uh, issues we have. You know, returning him back there, if that's going to create a spark, then so be it. I guess my ultimate dream is to go back to, like, the the Poppy-Manny tandem, and, and maybe that's something, maybe that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but, you know, I, you know, it's a different game now and and whatnot, but... You know, I. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because uh, one of the articles I wrote before, you know, before JD officially signed, and at one point, you know, when they were talking about, oh, JD's going to come, but he's holding out. I'm like, you know what? I don't want JD Martinez anymore. I don't want someone to play on the team that I support if he's holding out for more money. I want someone to come onto the team because he wants to come on the team. And when they're talking about maybe bringing Giancarlo Stanton, I'm like, oh my god, Giancarlo Stanton and JD Martinez. That's Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz all over again. And then Giancarlo ended up going to New York, and I was really bumming about that. I was like, you know what? He doesn't see the ball all that well. Truth be told, that's exactly what happened. So he strikes out, and this year hasn't even been you know, a thing. It hasn't been a factor. But J.D. and Mookie Betts last year, that, that could have been Manny and David Ortiz. The problem is, this year, it's like they're both kind of taking a slight break. You know? Right. You know, and maybe Devers is kind of evolving into the guy that you can kind of put. I, I think they've been putting him in. No, well, I can't. I thought they were putting him in front of JD. But if Benny is second, then he'd probably want Devers fourth. And actually, I think that was how it was going. And you know, that's you know that gives JD all the protection, and then Bogarts comes in behind uh, Devers. So. I mean, that one through five, if they're firing on all cylinders, I mean, that's a hard one through five to beat. I mean, if the Astros are really healthy and the Yankees are really healthy, then I guess, you know, you you can, you know, you can pick and choose, you know, which which one you like the best. But, man, that's just a nasty one with, with Devers hitting the way he is. Yep. Devers, uh... Devers bats cleanup against lefties. He bats fifth against righties. So that's that's that part in the lineup. Um, you know, game two, non-factor. Game one hits the really does the the only damage. You know, we only had a couple of hits that entire game, and it was the only extra base hit, and he hit it in the second inning. That's what put us up. And 
you know, I was like, all right, good. This is looking good. Finally, we're going to we're going to start off this series. Great. And the second or the third inning happened rather. And everyone knows that that was history. Um, so, you know, only a matter of time before they, they, they figured out, turn it around. Um, you know, I thought that Rafael Devers this year, I, I made a gentleman's bet and I'm going to be buying someone a really nice bottle of wine, I think. Um, just out of a common courtesy, I thought Rafael Devers was going to have a better season, much better season than Manny Machado, as, and it really hasn't been, you know, completely that way. You could argue that one's having a better year, like Devers is hitting more, but um, you know, Devers has, in my opinion, slightly underperformed when it comes to the home run numbers on base percentage. Getting on base, no complaints, none whatsoever. But his home runs have had a, a major uptick in the last few weeks. I would say. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, this is kind of, um, I don't know, it's not really a topic yet, but um, Michael Chavis has had his struggles. Uh, yesterday, he struck out, he was 0 for 4, struck out three times, um, struck out you know, twice the game before that and really just hasn't looked very good. Do you think, has it kind of entered your mind that maybe if this continues, they might have to just option him back to Pawtucket to let him kind of work it out down there a little bit? So Chavis has, uh, before tonight's game, and it's funny that you, you mentioned it because, you know, my, my little, my love for Mike Chavis and my, my little man crush on uh, Chavis because of everything historically, you know, going to see him on my birthday, hit a, his first major league homer. He strikes out once every three at bats. He's got 49 strikeouts before tonight in 144 at bats. That's just not getting it done. That's, that's more than one out of three. Right. So um, it's, it's interesting that you say that, but I feel like, if they option him down, it would almost, I feel like it would be like the raising of the flag because what if Chavis doesn't, you know, turn around, you know, he didn't strike out tonight, which is good. Um, he drove in a run. He got his first major league triple. Granted, it never would have been a triple had, <laughs> you know, the right fielder. Um, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name right Clint now. The Fraser. Clint Frick. Thank you. Frazier played it. I mean, he just had a really bad night in right field, but you know, a triple's a triple. doesn't matter. Um, and he's he's being used as this multi versatile player, kind of like the newer hybrid version of Brock Holt. You know, he plays second base, plays third base, can play first base. Only a matter of time, I'm sure, before they try him at short when they want to give Xander a day off. Um, and I feel like that was the direction that the Red Sox were going in. But it's undeniable that he's struggling right now. He he hasn't hit a home run in geez, I don't know how many games. Let's see, was it ten, three, six? Eight, yeah, 10 games. Hasn't had a home run. He's only had um, one extra base hit in the last 11 games, and that being tonight. So um, the, the power numbers have kind of been sapped. I wonder if maybe pitchers have kind of locked into him a little bit because, you know, typically when a guy comes up, they, they don't really know how to handle him. They, they don't have the scouting on him, but now they do. And uh, it, it could be showing. In Cleveland, he was a complete non-factor. Um, series before that in Houston, two singles. That's it. No RBIs, two, a couple runs scored. 
uh, the following series, one run scored, one RBI. Just that's that's not enough. We need we need more. Yeah, and he seems to struggle, especially when when the ball's on the outside part of the plate, you know, and and sometimes down and away. And he, you know, got caught swinging at a couple of high fastballs. It just seems like the the pitchers, the opposing pitchers, are simply having their way with him and basically exposing, you know, w- what you would, you know, from a rookie. And, you know, it's fair to also point out that, you know, you don't want to hurt his confidence necessarily by by optioning him down. But this is this is the Boston Red Sox. You know, this is playing in Fenway Park. You have to be able to 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 handle that type of stuff. I mean, if you're not strong enough to, you know, get optioned down to work on some things. If that's going to hurt your pride, you're probably not strong enough to to play in this city. And we saw that with Will Middlebrooks not too long ago. The guy just couldn't just couldn't get it together. And uh, you know they gave him every chance. And and it was one of the from a prospect standpoint one of the biggest disappointments. You know since I've been a fan anyway. You know the way he started that 2012 season and. You know, so I just, you got to do what's best for the team. I mean, we can't have, you know, Chavis, Bradley, and Leon, you know, as the bottom three on a given night where they're essentially automatic outs, you know. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's not a topic yet, but, I, you know, a week from now, if, if the strikeout totals are rising, you know, they're going to have a tough decision to make at some point, I feel like. You, it's uh, very possible. It's going to be sad to see him go down. I hope it doesn't end up being, you know, that type of situation. We had, um, oh goodness, and this is not this is like old age hitting me. I'm not even that old. Um, Ryan Lavarnway. Do you remember when Ryan Lavarnway came? Yeah. To uh, Boston, he just dist- he just hit, you know, everything. His first, you know, a couple years was doing good, and then major slump, and then. It was like, what happened? He had like a two-homer game, and everything was going great, and then everything dropped off, went right back down. Following year, something similar, went back down. And then not long after that, then he became the journeyman, kind of traveled around, and I don't even know if he's playing major league. I don't even know if he's on a major league roster this year. I don't even know. Um, But it would really be disappointing. I think um, to see Michael Chavis, someone with that kind of power, that kind of talent gets sent down. You know, maybe he needs it. Maybe he does. But I just feel like it's been exciting to see some kind of young blood. When uh, when Chavis came up, it kind of gave this new form of, like, electricity and power. It just reinvigorated the team to the point where Boston won, what was it, like six in a row or something in the month of May? They had, they had something silly um, to start the, the month off. I was like, wow, we, we turned around pretty quick. Everyone was saying that we're at the bottom of the basement. I thought, you know, well, first week of May, second week of May, we're going to be maybe four or five games above 500. And we finished up, I think, maybe one. So, um, yeah, again, it would be disappointing. It'd be tough. But, I mean, something's got to give. This whole team, it's like everyone either does really well at the same time or they do really poorly at the same time. 
Yeah, I mean, the team heated up, as you said, once Chavis came up. And and as he cooled down, so did the team as well. So, you know, ho- hopefully hopefully he figures it out. But, you know, his, his numbers really weren't that great before he got called up. I think he was hitting around 250 in Pawtucket. And I was thinking he was at least two or three more weeks out. And they wanted to work him out at second base a little more because, you know, we weren't healthy at that position. And But their hand got forced when Nunez went on the DL and, and Holt and Pedroia were already on there. And, you know, it was it was a fun two or three weeks. But, you know, not, not so much for him since then. But um, before we get to the preview and then, and then wrap here... Um, any predictions on uh, Dallas Keuchel and uh, Craig Kimbrell uh, as to where they could end up in the next maybe 48, 72 hours? I, so I remember earlier this year there was a lot of rumors that the Minnesota Twins were going to go out and they were going to go for Kimbrell and then they were going to go for both. Um, but more and more speculation is going and leaning toward Dallas Keuchel joining the Yankees which could happen. Um, I just don't know if Boston wants to go after Craig Kimbrell after what happened in 2018 in the World Series. We didn't win because of Craig Kimbrell. We won in, in basically with him playing on the team because he just imploded. And the idea that he thought he was going to get, you know, six or seven years for hundred million was just, I'll bartender, I'll have what he's drinking, you know, <laughs> just, that's just not going to happen. And in this day and age where I think major league baseball clubs are realizing we just can't do more than three, four years. And maybe at max, like 50 million, you see, you know, world Chapman making ridiculous money. And then the Dodgers have Kenley Jensen making silly money. I don't think Craig Kimbrell is going to come to Boston. I don't think Dallas Keuchel is going to come to Boston. I think Keuchel will go to New York. I think Kimbrell will perhaps sign a a very team-friendly deal, perhaps in Minnesota. Red Sox would be maybe second, third team, and that's only because he knows the team. What do you think? Uh, well, Keiko's the hardest to predict, really. Uh, you know, there was some buzz uh, surrounding the Yankees. His numbers at Fenway Park, he's got like a career 7-plus ERA, so I don't know that that's a great fit there. And I'm highly skeptical, excuse me, on how quickly he can be ready. And he's not, you know, a fastball guy. His stuff is, you know, mostly off-speed, you know, and he has to be able to command it. And with no spring training, Nothing. I mean, supposedly he's been pitching some simulated games with people he's hired, but I just, that's not something that, you know, I would be too comfortable with. And I think you're looking at, like, probably late July before he's able to go, you know, six, seven innings. And and not that he, he always necessarily does, but... You know, so many guys struggled out of the gates last year that signed late. You know, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, and I mean, I don't even know if Lance, I think he was with Texas last I know. And uh, Darvish, you know, he got injured, but it just, 
I'm not crazy about that. I, I'd be a little bit more comfortable, you know, with a relief guy. But, you know, Kimbrell, bit of a head case. Who really knows there either? But I'll say Kimbrell to Philly. You know, I've seen some buzz there. And, um, you know, Robertson was one of their free agent signings. He got injured. And they last I checked, they're a first-place team. And... You know, if they got plenty of money to spend, their payroll is only at 110 million, even after the Harper signing. Um, so, yeah, I, that's where I see him going. I'd love to see Keiko go to the Brewers. That's my National League team. Um, mm, they, interesting. They could definitely use him. Uh, the Padres also look like they're a team that's kind of overperforming and you know they could kind of reinforce their rotation a little bit and that's somewhat of a pitcher friendly park not quite as much as it used to be but um a fairly safe spot for them and uh so i i don't know maybe one of those two teams and uh but like i said what are they going to give you i just think it's a huge risk and you know, from the Red Sox perspective, I, I think we're okay in our rotation, you know, despite the the recent struggles. And we're going to be getting a Voldy back. Um, and, you know, the bullpen, I just, I mean, we could definitely use help there. But I don't know if, you know, if Kimbrell's really the guy. Because whoever the Red Sox acquire, if if it's an external candidate, we need somebody who's ready now. You know, we can't afford to ride it out with someone for the next couple of months being only one game above 500, you know. So those are kind of my thoughts on, on those two. I, I, I think you bring up actually some really good really good points. I mean, Phillies could, they could, you know, open the pocketbook up. It'd be interesting to see the Phillies sign him because of how much experience he's had in that division. Being a former uh, member of the Braves, which was another team he was linked to, he, he won the the Rookie of the Year when he was a member of the Braves. Um, I remember that because I was like, "Wow, this guy's a flamethrower!" There was like 105. This guy's like fire. Uh, not 105, but he threw fast. And um, I thought, you know, if he goes back to Atlanta to refine himself, I think that'd be a nice kind of like Cinderella story for him to kind of go back to where it all went. Um, Dallas Keuchel in Milwaukee. I'm still trying to marinate on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see because it'll be uh, less than 24 hours when they can make their decisions. They find out tomorrow, I think, they can make a decision. But, like you mentioned, we need guys now. We don't need guys in a month. I think about the Roger Clemens deal where George Steinbrenner said, you know, we'll give you this much if you want to come out of retirement and come play. And it didn't work out. It didn't pan out. And after that, I'm, I'm not into those players that think I deserve more money. You know, and if you think that, great, good for you. You're not coming to our team. Absolutely. And Minnesota, unlike you know some other division leaders kind of has some breathing room so if they think they do have some uh internal guys like if they're going to call some people up they get a nice padded lead to try to you know assess what they have and you know whereas some other teams the cubs the phillies the braves you know the the red sox the yankees they you know they need to assess things a lot sooner and and be a lot more active on the uh, the trade market. 
so to speak. But we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting. And, you know, they're finally going to have homes here pretty quick. Um, let's go ahead and dive into the um, Kansas City series. And hopefully this will kind of be a shot in the arm for the Red Sox to kind of clear their heads and maybe gain some momentum and work out some kinks type things on uh let's see tomorrow's an off day i believe so on tuesday that's erod versus glenn sparkman have you ever heard of glenn sparkman because before an hour ago i never had yeah no i have no idea who this guy is so i want to go you know God, you know, these people that are having these rookie debuts that are, like, blowing people out of the water. Could he have, like, a ridiculous game? Sure. Is it going to happen? I'm really hoping not because we need a break here. Um, could it happen? Again, sure. But I'm going to go Erod on this one. Game one, Erod. Yeah, uh, Sparkman, uh, you know, I got his numbers right here. Uh, he, uh, you know, 421 on the season. Got tagged for four runs in his last start against the White Sox, but actually kind of, you know, settled in. Well, actually, it looks like he's a spot starter, so some of those scoreless outings, that's only one inning at a time. So that tells us, like I said, I'm doing this one on the fly. I'd never heard of him. Uh, 27 years old, but, you know, Erod, definitely a safe pick. Hopefully he's focused. You know, he laid an egg in Toronto. I think he might have been tipping his pitches there because in his next start against Houston, totally different uh, E-Rod. And, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I'll i side with you on that one. Really, this whole series mm-hmm. should should be all Red Sox. Jacob Junis against Chris Sale on um, Wednesday. Junis, uh, you know, only gave up, let's see, two runs in this last start, three in his start previously before that, and then he had three starts in a row of four runs or more. So he's reined mm-hmm. it in a little bit, but, you know, if the bats kind of come alive and Chris Sale is kind of on again, I don't think this is a lineup that's going to be as relentless as New York to kind of give him any type of fits uh, i actually have sale going on thursday oh do you now okay yeah wednesday we got weber so i had actually red Sox winning first and third guaranteed because you got rodriguez and sale uh nothing against um you know sparkman don't know him danny duffy uh been around for a little bit you know he's been playing with kansas city a long time what feels like 10 plus years um Never scared anyone except for really one year. He's been average. So, Sale against Duffy, I take Sale every day. Um, the middle game is Junis against Weber. Weber, as we all remember, imploded against Cleveland. Um, but, you know, going back to it, you know, looking at the teams as a whole, um, I don't think Kansas City is that good of a team this year. I think that Cleveland's a much better squad. I think that we have a chance to take all three. I'm gonna go chips all in, and I just we shock the nation and we sweep. 
Okay, just out of curiosity, what site are you on? Because I'm on the MLB site, and I'm showing uh, Rodriguez sale and then TBD for, for uh, Thursday. I'm looking at ESPN, but I'm going to go take it one step further. I'm going to go check out my fantasy team and see if sales pitching on Wednesday or Thursday right now since okay. I got sale. Okay. I, I decided to draft sale in the first round. That was dangerous. Yeah, it was. It, uh, it hasn't, hasn't paid dividends this year, but, you know, I'm a – I'm a huge, huge uh, Sale fan. So, Sale I have going on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, also on your fantasy? Yep. Also on fantasy, yep. Uh, okay. So, it's possible. Maybe maybe he will go Thursday. So, it's possible to go Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but uh, on, on fantasy, according to Yahoo, according to ESPN, Sale will pitch on Wednesday. Um, and the game is against uh, Junis there. Yep. So... Um, let's see here. I'm checking to see. So, which which one are you looking at? I'm like I said on the MLB site. But if yours ends up being right, then I'll I'll just start using the ESPN site from now on. That's why I wanted to know. Um, yeah, no worries. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see how it pans out. But you know, this is a last place team, so I don't think um, you know it's going to be too critical obviously the weber start whichever day that does end up happening um you know is a bit of a wild card he you know pitched so well prior to his last start i I think you were on right after that start and then he uh he got knocked around uh, i think against cleveland he got tagged pretty early so um yeah i'm just kind of looking through my red sox media feed right now but it's all just post game stuff from tonight. So yeah, you know it's funny uh, about Wednesday. It actually on Yahoo says that Chris Sale will be pitching against Jake Junis. Yeah. So yeah. I'm <laughs> a, a little intrigued by that. So we yeah we, we we're gonna have a, a, a wash. I'm still gonna go chips all in sock sweep. Uh, Chris Sale is due to get some run support. I mean he's got to win more than one game this year. Why not this week? So Sale's gonna win. Erod's gonna have a great game against someone who's no one knows about, and then we're just going to get a fantastic performance, um, you know, after, you know, seven-run performance from Weber, we're going to get five innings, four runs on six hits with four strikeouts, two walks. That's pretty specific. Yeah, that's, that's it, and if I win, if I'm right on that, I'm, I'm going to be playing the Powerball every single day for the rest of my life. <laughs> a guy I know, I shit you not, just won two hundred and fifty thousand on a scratch ticket. Yeah, wow. He, he scratchers, man. I'm telling you, spends a ton of money on them. So I, who knows how much of that's really profit after so many years? But I'm, I'm guilty of you broke uh, even. Yeah, I, uh, I I get them probably once a week, but I don't I don't spend a ton of money on it. Uh, just looking ahead, I guess before we do finally close off, we got. Tampa Bay uh, at home after this uh, Royal Series. And then we have Texas at home for a four-game set. And they're kind of playing a little bit better than what many might have expected. So that could be a more interesting series. We'll see what the, how the you know next week or so plays out. Then we got Baltimore uh, June 14th through the 16th. And, uh, and then the Twins, which will at minnesota as well so that could uh that could be a rough series but it's not looking too bad for the month i mean a lot of soft 
uh, you know, matchups. Toronto, the White Sox uh, later on, and then we close it out against New York. So, so yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit easier than this month. But you know, these guys got to get it together. You know, the team as a whole in every area kind of has to step up because we're getting, we're getting out hustled by the Yankees and. I, I don't know if I can take their fan base throughout the month of October. <laughs> I don't. Well, that sounds I mean, disgusting. Y- y- you look you look at the teams that we were facing. We were facing Houston. We just faced New York. New York just played. You know, just a couple weeks ago, they swept Baltimore four games. Uh, Kansas City, they won two. I think they lost. They lost one of them, and I don't remember what the fourth one was. Um, San Diego, you take two out of three there. Boston, you take two out of three there. So I mean, you look at it from Baltimore on. You're you're what twelve and three and fifteen. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. So just just like that, you made up nine games. You played nine games above five hundred in the last fifteen games. Now, Boston, in relation to that, in the last fifteen, I don't even think we're playing four hundred baseball. So the last 15, counting today's win, let's see where we're at. Just out of curiosity. So 1 and 2, 1 and 4, 3 and 4, 3, 6, 5, 6, 5, 7, 7 and 8. So, all right, well, shockingly enough, we're, we're just under 500. But still, big difference between 500 baseball and 800. Opponents we're facing, not easy ones. You know, Cleveland, not great. But Houston, really good. New York, really good. As we've seen, they're just like... You could. They, they have a bunch of bench warmers out there, and they're still winning ball games. So credit the Yankees for getting two out of you know two out of three. Um, credit Houston for doing what they do. But I mean, two of those games were really really close. I mean, the middle Houston game that came down to the ninth inning, where the Red Sox were like, all right, let's tie this game up and make Roberto Zuna look like a bum. And then the bottom of the inning, you know, you got Matt Barnes who just you know just wants to walk the bases loaded and just you know end the game that way. So I think scheduling has a little part to do with it. Um, and hopefully, oh, my fingers are crossed, we just take three in a row. After tomorrow, we're just going to have a, a pray day. Yeah, and Tampa's lost three in a row, so they're not you know, in a good spot. So maybe we'll, we'll catch them at the right time as well. And that, as I said, is, is at home starting Friday. Oh, and there's a doubleheader on Saturday. Nice. Uh, yep. Yep. All right. Well, all right, Charlie. We uh, we appreciate you coming on. Great job, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll have you on again. Uh, you know, not too long from now. Thank you, as always, for having me on, and uh, it was uh, very nice to meet our our third anchor for the first time, um, or at least for my first time. Rather, I've, I've been blessed with meeting two new first people, so it's been fun. Yeah, and Jeremy's on typically with me every episode, anyway. So, yeah. Well, all right. right. Yeah. Have a have a good night, and uh, we'll you too. Uh, we'll hopefully steamroll these Royals. Take care. <laughs> Three in a row. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. All right, man. Have a great night. All right. Episode one thirty nine in the books. Not a good uh, weekend. Typical. You know, lose the first two, win the last one to avoid the sweep, and. Uh, Getting tired of uh, talking about series like that, but 
We'll be back, let's see, Thursday night to recap the Royals and uh, discuss the Tampa Bay Rays. Have a good uh, start to your work week, and uh, we'll see you Thursday. Take care. Turn.